Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Wow, we'll see Jack running around soon. Wow. Sometimes things happen physically, good or bad, that have a spiritual connotation. You don't always lock it in, but often they do. Tonight I want to pick up this theme I've been teaching on faith. Just for a few minutes tonight, we've had an awesome time in his presence. It's great to have uh, John Briley back from Canada. Great to have some of the team, Troy and uh, Hudson back from Africa and, uh, and some of the others are coming back uh, this weekend. So maybe next Sunday night we might be able to get a report on the Africa trip. We'll, we'll get something together. Wow, God's good. Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. So faith's not something we say, Oh, well, it's great if you've got faith, but it's not that important. It's absolutely essential to have faith in God. For we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. God rewards those who give all their strength and passion into seeking Him. In other words, putting Him first life, in our family life, in our time at the gym, in our hobbies, in our friendships, just putting Jesus first. It says that he will reward those who seek him. I love that idea of being rewarded. The song says we don't come to get blessings, but the amazing thing is when we come and enjoy his presence and serenity heart, you do get rewards because he just loves his kids. Every parent here and grandparent knows how precious it is and you want to give gifts. Mary Lynn, since we've had grandkids, I have to just about keep her away from the shops because she always just wants to buy presents for the grandkids. And there's something happens. You just want to give to children and grandchildren. How, that's how our Father sees us. As your heart surrenders and you thank Him for the gift of salvation and love, He can't help but say, I want to bless you. I want to reward you. I just want to four quick things that are rewards that God's given us. The first one is salvation. Salvation. What a beautiful, beautiful gift. Don't ever take your salvation for granted. That's why I regularly enjoy hanging out with people who are not yet saved because it reminds me of how powerful salvation is. I love the joy of leading people to Jesus. I love the joy and turn from darkness to light. I love it because it reminds me of the power of salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So you need faith. Faith is believing and trusting that what Jesus said is true. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. So salvation's a gift, and faith to receive that salvation is a gift of God. All we've got to do is respond, lean into it. Someone says, well, how do I respond by faith? I said, well, just choose to lean into what Jesus says is true instead of trying to work it out yourself and listening to other people. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Faith's like the key that unlocks the door into the treasure house of salvation and all the blessings of peace and forgiveness and hope that He gives us. We have gained access by faith in this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. 
So when Jesus walked on this earth, he changed people's lives. After he went back to heaven, he says, I've sent you. I've sent the Holy Spirit. So now we are his vessels. And the power of Jesus is the same as when he physically walked into a home power. And church, when we start to worship and you feel his presence, it's the same power as if Jesus was here personally. Because he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and it's better if I go back to heaven and be with the Father. And it's better if the Holy Spirit comes because he can be everywhere at once. Whereas Jesus, when he was here, he was physically at one place at a time in Galilee or in Nazareth or Jerusalem or Bethlehem. Now the Holy Spirit's all over the world through us as his believers. Let's look at this in Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 12. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered. A man got healed um, the day before, and we'll go back to that in a moment. But Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered. Respected elders and leaders of the people, listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is a stone that you, the builders, have rejected, and now he has become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us For there is only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. Jesus means the Lord saves. And I want to encourage you, the power of the name of Jesus for salvation. That's why people curse the Lord in vain. It's the devil's attempt to discredit the power of Jesus' name. That's what it is. But Jesus is powerful. He is our Savior and Lord. And I want to encourage you this year, whenever you meet someone, I call them not yet Christians. I don't call them unsaved. I just call them not yet Christians because Jesus desires that none should perish. And so you've got an attitude of faith every time you're talking, working with, serving someone in the shop, whatever we do, they are not yet believers because maybe they've just never had a chance to really understand who Jesus is. And God wants to flow through you and I that we can be those vessels that bring this amazing salvation. So these guys, they didn't take any credit themselves. Peter and John, they thought, no, we can't save anyone. But Jesus saves. So one of the greatest rewards of salvation is, of Jesus and faith, is salvation. But the second great one is healing. Healing, sozo, wholeness, which means Our lives are transformed. And if you go back to Acts chapter 3, this is the healing story that happened. I love this one. Verse 1. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple at 3 o'clock for the prayer meeting. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance of the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. Can you see this guy's been crippled all of his life? He's never had the joy of walking on the beach, down the street, playing with the other kids. Can you imagine how his legs were crippled, but his whole soul was crippled? He hadn't experienced the normal things of life. And so he'd been crippled all of his life, and they used to carry him and put him at the gate of church, and he used to cry out for some food or some gifts to help because he couldn't work. So here he is. He was often there. Maybe every day, we don't know. And then it says, When he noticed Peter and John going in the temple, he begged them for money. 
Peter and John looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man. That's a powerful thought. How easy it is to walk past or not get involved with people who it might be inconvenient to connect with. It's so easy to walk past. I've done it. I've been busy and I walked past. You see someone in need at a, the servo or a shopping center and think, oh, I really should go and help that person with their groceries or ask whether they need help. And sometimes we just walk past. We choose not to look at them because once we look at them, then our hearts get stirred. And it says, they looked at him. He looked at them and then they looked back at him. And it says, they looked straight in his eyes and and. And they said, look at us. Wow, so now they couldn't get out of this. There was something going to happen. They connected heart to heart, eye to eye. Look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. He thought he was going to get some food or some money. These look like pretty together guys. I'm sure they'll have some money for me. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Stand up and walk. Now just think about how impossible this was. This guy's never walked in his life. He couldn't even conceive of ever walking because they didn't even have hospitals and modern medicine then that might have been able to help his legs or his back get healed. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man. Didn't sort of let time for him to argue. And he pulled the man to his feet. This guy just didn't really have much choice. Peter had faith in his heart that Jesus was going to heal him. So he he reached out to him. But by the power of the name of Jesus, Peter held up the right hand to the crippled man. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up. Stood there for a moment, stunned. First time he's ever stood in his life. And then began to walk around. Oh, I love this story. As he went into the temple, so he didn't sort of head down the street to the shops and get something. He went racing into the temple with Peter and John, who are now his 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 besties now. He leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. Mate, this guy's never used his legs in his life and now he is jumping and leaping and praising God. I say, Jesus, I want to see this happen again and again and again. I want to see it on the outside with people that are lame, that are physically blind, will see. I want to see it on the inside, the people that are crippled in their souls and their minds, released so they can get up with confidence and live life freely and walk with confidence in all of their heart. I want to see this again and again and again. And God says, faith is the key that unlocks the door to release the power of heaven into broken lives. And I believe God's stirring our hearts. It's time to step up and step out and believe for breakthroughs. And I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, today's the day. They might have walked past him days or weeks or dozens of times before, but today was the day. How do you know it's the right day? It's when the Holy Spirit stirs your heart. I believe God's stirring us with faith for salvation, for breakthrough, for healing, for people's crippled lives to be released. He went in. When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar they had passed 
by in front of the beautiful gate. They had all walked past him because they didn't have the faith to believe that anything could change. But Peter and John had a faith in Jesus that the Holy Spirit, that act of kindness, of love, of care, of listening, of supporting someone might be the doorway. That offering to bring someone to a service like this where the presence of God is that they've never seen or felt before might be the doorway for them to experience hope for their soul. And it goes on. Dumbfounded. Over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was the healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. He's not sure what's going to happen to him now. The crowd's heading towards him. With the crowd surrounding them, can you imagine this? There could be dozens or hundreds of people. He's standing, still trying to work out how his legs are working. He would have had a beggar's cloak or cloth, which he's probably thrown aside because he realized he doesn't need it anymore. The things that identified him as crippled and broken now had to come off physically and off his mind and heart. And we see crowds around. Peter said, to them, people of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? <coughs> we didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power or authority. The God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has done this. Remember he was talking to Jews, so he spoke their language, their understanding of God. It's a powerful point that you need to speak the language of the people to communicate Jesus to where they are at. That's what, that's what they did. For he has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied to Pilate's face when he decided to release him. And you insisted that he be crucified. You rejected the one who is holy and righteous and instead begged for a murderer to be released. Mate, he didn't have to go down this track, but he did. He, the door was open, so he's gone for it. <laughs> now, they might all get stoned. And the guys thinking, hold on, I'm just learned to walk. I don't want to get stoned with you guys. Just quiet now, guys. But God raised him from the dead. And we stand here as witnesses to this fact. Verse 16, faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. Faith in the name of Jesus. It is the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. Wow, wow, wow. I love this church because our goal is to reach out to our community. I love Tina and the team reaching out to transformations, men and women, who often have come in with areas of being crippled in their souls or overwhelmed and God's grace comes. We see young people come in from the schools. We see people of all carrying burdens and sometimes crippled in our, their souls, but the peace of Jesus comes. The freedom of Christ, let's keep reaching out. Whoa, we've got something happening out there. Whoa. Wow. What are you guys doing down there? <laughs> Sound effects are good, but we need the power of Jesus. <laughs> and here he is walking in front of their very eyes. Why? Because Peter and John had faith to believe. And you're saying, well, I've ne never seen anyone get healed. You never know. I've shared this story before. I remember when I was a youth leader and I was at uh, Nambour Church 
And this, I remember the family came out and they had a 10-year-old boy and he was going blind. He had a disease, he was going blind. And I was sort of, you know, rung and bra- young and brash. I said, oh, pray and believe in the name of Jesus for him to be healed. I prayed for him. They were a visiting family. I never ever saw him for 10 years later. 10 years later, they came to, back to the uh, service where I was at. It must have been when we were at Budrum. And they said, they introduced me to this young strapping man and says, do you remember Peter, whatever his name was? I said, well, not really. They said, remember we bought him, he was 10 and he was going blind. The doctors couldn't fix him. They said, the next day after you'd prayed for him, his eyes opened and he's been able to see properly ever since. I said, Lord, it would have really helped that week to know that because I, 10 years later, <laughs> God healed him just by my simple faith as a youth leader and I was still trying to work out how this all worked. But God was very gracious because I just said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And God did it. Ten years later, they came and told me. I said, oh, Lord, it would have really helped my faith if I would have known a bit earlier. So if you do have a healing or a breakthrough or a release, tell something because we need to give testimony to God. Don't keep it to yourself. Let people know the power of Jesus. And I believe God's going to do it by His grace and power in simple faith. I've seen children pray the prayer of faith and God just honours it. Sometimes more than us adults because they just have simple faith. They just believe totally. I mean, Rachel laid hands on our cat and it it recovered from, and it was dying, hadn't eaten and couldn't walk. And within hours, it got up and and lived for another 16 years, the cat lived till. (laughs) 16 and a half years, the most cats don't live that long. When Rachel prayed, it just lived. God loves us and he wants to answer your prayers in the name of Jesus. Because it's, it's, it's not a magic cure, but it's a relationship of faith that God can't resist. So we have salvation, healing. There's one more story, Mark 5.34. Jesus said to a daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. And that was the story of the lady who had had 12 years of bleeding, found her way through the crowd, touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and she got instantly healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, Jesus, there's hundreds of people in this crowd. They're all crowding around you. He says, no, someone's touched me with faith because I felt the power of God go through me and heal someone. Jesus felt something happen. And there are times when you're praying with people, you feel something flow through you. Isn't it awesome when you're praying for someone and you feel faith go through you? Or you feel a surge of hope or you just know something shifted even if you don't see the physical manifestation straight away. I want to encourage you, keep praying the prayer in the name of Jesus because something always happens. I used to pray and hope, now I pray and know something's happening every time I pray in Jesus' name because the Word of God says so. Pray in the name of your faith. You say, well, I don't have enough faith to believe for those miracles. God will take whatever little faith you've got and he will add his and we'll see what will happen. That's why it's powerful. You say, well, when I've got lots of faith, then I'll be praying for people to come to Christ or be released from that trauma in their heart or physical healing. God says, just use what you've got and see what happens. It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. If you don't use it, It shrinks. And God says, just keep doing it. Just keep praying. Keep exercising that faith. Let it keep flowing and you will be amazed what God will do. I want to encourage you. Keep praying that prayer of faith. I love 
that surge of faith when you're praying and speaking, ministering, and you see something shift in people's lives. It is so precious. You know it's Jesus' life flowing through you to that person's life. And if you've never experienced that, keep praying, keep reaching out and loving and praying because faith works by love. So if you love people, it's not about how much faith you've got or haven't got, it's about how powerful he is and he just wants to have someone to be his vessel. And lastly, there's abundant life that comes. Another reward is abundant life. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Every believer is required to walk by faith, to live by faith. And God will regularly take you into situations that are going to demand your faith to increase. And that's a challenge. The just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, If we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With trust and holy fervor, thus we walk not by sight or appearance. The possibilities of your life are as high as your faith will allow you to go. I'll say that again. The possibilities of your life are as high as your faith will allow you to go. And if you keep saying, oh, I can't do that, that's too hard. I'm not even prepared to try in case I fail. I used to do a bit of, a bit of athletics, and because I grew tall, I could high jump fairly high. And I went to the regional things. I even went to state championships one year, but didn't win. But Because do you know a high jumper or a pole vaulter, the winner actually fails, but he succeeds. If he jumps 1.9 metres, but he fails at 1.95, but he went higher than anyone else, he actually won. So a lot of us aren't prepared to have a go because we think we might fail. But the greatest athletes in the world fail, but they win because they went faster or higher than all the others did. But fear of failure or messing it up holds so many of us back of even trying of praying the prayer of faith or inviting someone to church and think, well, they might just say no. I just think, wow, they might say yes. I remember a guy came to church several years ago and someone, I said, how did you come? He says, someone invited me. I said, have you ever been to church before? He says, no. I said, it's so good to see you. And then he, he responded to Jesus and he was crying. I said, what's happening? He says, I'm just so free in my heart. But I'm so disappointed that someone, no one ever invited me earlier. And it broke my heart. I'm weeping with him then. I thought, really? God, how did we walk past this guy? Whoever it was. He says, why didn't someone tell me about this earlier? Probably because we thought we might fail, so we didn't try. And when it comes with faith, we're sharing the hope of Jesus, praying the prayer of faith for a breakthrough in their physical body, bringing peace, praying for peace in their troubled minds. You never know 
that your act of faith, your prayer of faith in Jesus' name may be the bridge that connects heaven and the finished work of Jesus to that person's soul. You never, ever know. That's why it's a step of faith. Because we had all the answers, we'd be God. Thank God we're not. But Jesus says, reach out in faith. Pray the prayer of faith. Speak the words of faith. And it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And this life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. The joys of people set free. Come on up, worship team. One scripture to finish. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, It is written, I believed, therefore I have. When you believe that Jesus can set someone free, you will speak it out. There's power and agreement. Marilyn and I, we've prayed many times for breakthroughs. Something happens when we agree together. When every time I look at my children, I see the grace of God. Stephen, when he was born, he was born a month premier and he had infection in his lungs and he blew a hole in his lung on the third day, was rushed to Brisbane Hospital and we didn't know if he was going to live or die. But we agreed in prayer and said, Jesus, we believe. And hundreds of people prayed on the fifth day at about 8.30 at night, he was instantly healed. The hole was healed up in his lung. The x-rays before and after showed, you could see where all the hole in his lung and all the trapped air in the next x-ray, it was all gone. And the doctors and nurses came and said, this is a miracle. We've seen the miracle of God in each of our children's lives. We've seen it in each of our lives. I know he's real. Reach out in faith. Take some steps of faith this year that are going to excite and challenge you today. That's what the life of faith is. I think faith, if I learn it in English, it's spelled F-A-I-T-H, but I've learned in life it's actually spelled R-I-S-K. It's called risk. Because to walk by faith, you've got to take risks. You've got to step out from the comfort zone and believe. But the Holy Spirit doesn't throw us into crazy places. He'll take you to places where you can bring life to us. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.